Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Um, <laughs> if you guys listened to last week's episode, um, which people did, I don't know who those those, those people necessarily are, but um, last week's episode turned into one of the most popular, which is cool because I'm happy that people listened and I hope that it resonated, but also kind of interesting because that's not what I anticipated um, this podcast ever being. I think it was a little more serious than I was intending, but it was kind of just what was on my mind at the time. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to roll with it. So because of that, I'm going to go in the opposite direction this week. And this will be kind of like the first dealer's choice that I had mentioned in the beginning and that I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about, even though it has nothing to do with health and wellness. Um, even though I guess it's, it has a lot to do with my mental health and wellness. Um, but it's going to be so much more lighthearted <laughs> because I just got back from a solo trip to Portland, uh, Oregon. It actually was my second solo trip very recently, but I'm going to focus on Portland. Um, and so I'm just going to call this Tales from the Road uh, because I did a lot of solo traveling. And so all of these fun things happened. Um but they happened when I was alone by myself and they cracked me up or they made me just, I don't know. I had so many things going on and I just wanted to share them. And I know nothing will really replace having a uh, person there experiencing it with me, but this is the next best thing I got. So I'm just going to tell some stories. Um, So if you're not into storytelling, it's okay because I'm going to give what I'm calling mini life lessons at the end of this. Um, So if you want to skip to the end, feel free. And if you want none of that, then find a different podcast. Okay, bye. Hey, so welcome to episode number seven of No One the Podcast the podcast that nobody asked for, hosted by the person that nobody knows. And today we're talking about Portland, Oregon. And I have been obsessed with Portland for a while um, in different varying degrees and in different ways. And I kind of can't really remember where that obsession came from, but everything I had ever heard about Portland growing up just absolutely made me love it more. And I could not wait to go to Portland uh, at some point in my life. And I had, I've tried to make travel plans with different people um, a lot. And this is not a knock on any of those people, but I feel like every time I try to plan something with other people, it it's really hard to coordinate. We push it off, push it off, push it off, and then maybe we go or maybe we don't. Um, and I just couldn't wait anymore, (laughs) quite frankly. I just could have kept trying to see if people wanted to travel and if anyone wanted to go to Oregon with me. Um, but I would eventually just reach the point where I was like, I don't care anymore. I want to go. It's long overdue. I need to be in the hipster capital of the world. Um, I know that's probably going to get some Austin people (laughs) fired up because I know that they have their own little weird battle between the two, but... To me, I, I just, I don't know. I couldn't wait anymore. I needed to go. So booked myself a flight out there and I got there last week. And I'm just going to start telling stories. Um, so I stayed in this really, really adorable um, Airbnb. And it was a tiny house, um, which I'm going to talk about that again in a second. But uh, I was really excited to do this and it was, it was located on the owner's property. So they have a house and then right next to it is their tiny house. And when I ended up flying in, I flew in the cheapest way possible. So I didn't get in to Portland until close to like 1.30 Pacific time, which is 4.30 a.m. for me coming from the East Coast. So I was already tired and delirious. Didn't get much sleep on the plane. Um, got my rental car. Drove over to where the tiny house was. Um, The homeowner gave so many directions about 
how to get there and how to park, which I just couldn't comprehend when I was reading it ahead of time. And I was like, ah, I'll figure it out when I get there. Yeah. So when I get there, uh, once again, it's 1 30 in the morning. So it's very, very dark and I can't see anything. And so I'm following her dis- directions about where I should park. And just the way that she phrased it lead me to, led me to believe I should, should be on a different street than I was supposed to. So anyways, I, I drive around this neighborhood for a good 10 minutes before I even pull over because I can't see any of the houses. And I was like, yeah, it's a tiny house and it's a very distinct tiny house, but I was like, I can't see anything. And I continued to drive around and still couldn't see anything. So I'm panicking. I'm rereading these directions a hundred times. I'm turning around. I'm trying different things. And I was like, if anyone calls the cops right now, it's going to be hilarious. It's just gonna be like, I don't know where I'm going. Um, I promise I'm not doing anything sketchy other than driving around. Um, but then it got sketchier because I parked on the street that I thought that I was supposed to. And I was like, oh, this must be it. This must be it. I pull all of my stuff out. So my suitcase, my bag, everything. I pull it all, all out with me and I start walking up the steps. Um, and, and so the, the woman whose Airbnb I was staying in, she, she, her house and the tiny house are gray. So she's like, you're going to pull up to the gray house, walk around the side and through the gate. And so at first I, I was just latching on to the gray house, right? <laughs> Which is a stupid thing to latch on to because that is not a very distinct uh, descriptor of any kind of house ever. So I, uh, so she said she was leaving the light on for me. And so this house had the light on. And so it's this gray house with the light on. I'm, I have every intention of believing it's the house I'm supposed to be going to. I have all of my stuff. I roll up onto their porch and then I see their garage. It's a little bit of a detached garage. And so I'm like, oh, this is the tiny house. And it has an actual garage door on it, but it was like a very avant-garde garage door. Like it was uh, very Asian inspired. It was like frosted glass and all of this stuff. So I was like, oh, this is just, a, I didn't, I didn't see this part of the tiny house listing online, but I was like, this is just the other door. And that's what they did. They repurposed their garage and it's the tiny house. And so I'm literally getting on, I'm on their porch. I'm like ready to start opening the door. And then I was like, didn't it say something about a gate? And I was like, I don't see a gate. So I'm not sure where I should go in. Like if I'm supposed to open this garage door, if I'm supposed to go around to like a smaller man door. So I pull up my phone again and it clearly says, walk around the side and walk through the gate. Look for an Airbnb logo. And at this point I'm realizing I'm not at the right house. I'm at somebody else's house who's clearly still awake because their lights are on and I'm on their porch with all my shit trying to break into their garage essentially. And I'm like, okay, back it up, back it up, back it up. So I just like tiptoe back off the porch and I'm like, it's fine. We're fine. We're okay. I throw all my stuff back in the car and just drive. Because at this point I was like, if they saw me or they're coming out, I was like, I just can't deal with that right now. So I jump back in the car. I drive around the block again. Um, There's like no cars out because again, it's basically two o'clock in the morning at this point. Um, And I'm rereading the directions and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And so after the fifth or sixth time of driving around this one block, I stop on a different street and I stop on the main street and I was like, meh, maybe, I don't really know. And then I finally look up and underneath all of these vines, um, I finally see the Airbnb logo and it was like a Mecca. I was like, oh my good God, I finally found it. So I'm like, this is it. And then I like look up, I look over this, this tall gate, by the way, it was a fence. It was a fence with a gate in it. And I was thinking like, little gate, like garden gate, right? Like, no, this was a full out fenced in yard. And so I'm like peering over the fence and I was like, shit, there's the tiny house. They did it. Okay. So I grab all my stuff. I parked. I was like, oh, thank goodness. And get in, get into the tiny house. Um, it's all good. It's totally adorable. Um, I'm going to pick a bone for a quick second. Cause if it was an actual tiny house, it's not functional enough. There wasn't enough space for shit essentially. Um, but there was a full linen closet and I was like, "Mm, no, see, you should replace the linen closet, put in a full closet for like clothes and stuff. And then they had, uh, a nice bed, but I was like, Ooh, it needs to be lofted. And they had the space for that. That was an open rafter ceiling. And I was like, as great as that is, we need to have a lofted bed in here. Uh, put the couch underneath it. So that way there's a sitting area where people don't have to just sit on your bed. The kitchen was the greatest tiny house kitchen I've ever seen. Full oven, 
four stovetop burner um, and tons of space and it would have been great to cook. And um, then I realized I'm apparently a tiny house designer and uh, I realized that I've been watching HGTV all my life for this moment. So I could have feedback that nobody asked for on this tiny little house. Um, and then spoiler alert, they didn't ask for my opinion. So, um, nope, nobody cares. And here I am sharing. So pretty fitting for this podcast, right? So anyways, so the funny part too is, so I, I've pulled all my stuff in here. I'm trying to take out my contacts, wash my face, get into pajamas. And I realized I had thrown a bunch of stuff into my, uh, uh carry-on bag, my personal item, whatever. And... One of that was the rental car agreement and supposedly my license. <laughs> and because um, I had shown them both to the guy as I was leaving the garage at the rental car place. And then I'm start tearing it apart because my license isn't there. And I was like, oh my God, I don't think I threw my license in this bag. And I tear apart everything at this point. So I'm staying up even later because I'm like, I have to find my ID. So it's well past five o'clock in the morning, East Coast time for me. I'm ripping apart everything, desperately trying to find my ID. And I was like, what am I going to do? Um, and I should have realized right then and there that that's a sign that I'm not going to need my Massachusetts driver's license much longer because I'm going to live in Oregon. We'll get there. But at the time I was freaking out and I was like, okay, look it, I'm not going back outside. I'm going to go to bed look in the car in the morning and it'll be there and everything will be fine. I wake up in the morning and it's not in the car. Um, I think it is in the car, but I think it fell so perfectly between the seats to the point where it's like it is now permanently a part of that Ford Fiesta and Hertz's fleet in Portland, Oregon, which who knows that car is probably going to travel around. It might not stay in Portland and somebody in Missouri is going to find my license uh, a year from now and it's fine. It is what it is. But um, it's also funny because everyone had been making fun of me because I brought my passport at the same time because with all the rules changing about airports wanting a certain level of ID and my Massachusetts license was not a real ID. And so I knew at some point I had to have, I'm going to have to have my passport on me as my only travel document. And I couldn't remember when it was and I couldn't remember all of these airports and when it was going to switch over. And I was like, I don't want to be stranded in a place where I'm showing them my ID and I, and it's my license and they need my passport. So point being, I had my passport on me and thank God, because otherwise I would have been stuck there forever, which in hindsight, uh, would have been a, a great plan. So maybe next time I'll lose my passport, but I think it's a little more expensive to replace that. But so started off the trip with a bang. Almost broken in the wrong house, lost my license. And I was like, well, you know what? I got to go get breakfast. <laughs> I can't right now. I just got to go get some food in me and all will be well. So I went to Zell's Cafe, which is in Southeast Portland. Um, so good. I got the chorizo scramble um, and had a great morning, great coffee. And it was my first interaction with a real Portlander. I hope that's what they're called. I think so. A real Portlander in my waitress. And she was so sweet. And I was like, the thing I had been told about Portlanders is that they're kind of like got that locals only mentality. And so I was like, ooh, you know, I should be prepared for some cold shoulders and we'll see. But she was so warm and sweet and she had like hippie glasses on. And I was like, I'm just feeling it. I'm just feeling the vibes. Look at my Wi-Fi. One of the Wi-Fi names is Ashwagandha. That is the Wi-Fi name. I couldn't get into it because it was locked, but I was like, these are my people. What People keep telling me I can't move to the Pacific Northwest because it's over it's over inundated with NTPs and other people that are into health and wellness. And I was like, you guys, that's exactly why I want to move. I don't care if I never get a client out there, but I want to be around people that give a shit. And somebody give, give so many shits that their Wi-Fi name is Ashwagandha, okay? So... I'm having a great day already. And I'm like, here we go. We're going into the city. I'm going to go to Washington Park was the first place on my list. And Portland is really big for roses. And up until this point, I was like, I, I've i seen roses. Uh, they're not my favorite flower, but okay. Portland roses or Oregon roses. Cool. Love it. So Washington Park in June is kind of when the kickoff of, of rose season and of 
flower shrubbery whatever season because it's the start of summer which is the most amazing time in the world and so I'm gonna go to Washington Park and I was originally just kind of kind of walk around like there's a few trails that go through there but where I ended up parking was right next to the Rose Garden and it was just free to walk around I was like well I'm here I'm at the Rose Garden it's I'm in Portland I'm just gonna go for it and that was the first time that I cried that day uh it just the sheer amount of roses that are in that garden was so overwhelming and then seeing these flowers I was like I never knew what roses looked like until this moment of my life because the the way that they bloom in Oregon is different than anywhere else. And I know it sounds stupid and it sounds silly, but it is so amazing. And I saw flowers upon flowers. I couldn't stop taking pictures. I was loving it so much. I stayed there for like two hours just walking around because there's that many roses to look at. And I didn't get sick of it. And by the end of it, I was like, uh, I think roses are my favorite flowers, you know, but not just any roses, only Portland, Oregon, early June rose garden roses. (laughs) Um, But it was so pretty and I was having such a good time and I was like feeling very in tune with nature, right? And it's all very pretty and graceful and feminine and I'm listening to music the whole time that I'm doing this. And all of a sudden, Whitechapel comes on. And if you, I expect approximately 0% of people listening to know who Whitechapel is. They are one of the most death metally death bands on my, uh, in my music library at current time. Um, there's just no vocals. It's just straight guttural screaming. Um, very demony possession growling sounding uh, lyrics and... Uh, lots of, lots of heavy drums, um, not a lot of break, not a lot of melodic lines, just a lot of aggression via music. (laughs) And so it is the most like juxtaposed moment of listening to, to Whitechapel and looking at these beautiful roses. And I just like immediately started laughing and I was like, this is so perfect. I was like, I feel I feel so right right now. Like this feels great. And that would be the first moment of me feeling like just at home at where, where I was. Um, so I had a great time at the Rose Garden and then I was like, all right, so I got to keep up on my schedule. I'm only here for three days. Got to keep going. So I pick up, get in the car and go downtown. And so I go downtown and there's Pioneer Courthouse and Pioneer Courthouse Square is like the little town square that is next to it where people go and there's a ton of food trucks and stuff so it's the start of flower season like I said in Portland and so when I walk around the corner the entire so I had seen pictures of the courthouse obviously when I was looking it up but I when I turn the corner there are an insane amount of flowers like there are flower pots everywhere they are taking up the majority of the steps and so you just like walk like walk the corner and you're like whoa like you you like have no idea where you are it's because there's like concrete but there's so many flowers and so as I'm turning I just like walk over there and then I can hear music and as I get closer I realize it's these children and it's these children playing um rhythmic rhythmic percussion instruments and and I think some of them are homemade too and I was like oh my god I'm so in love right now I was having such a good time I was like I'm gonna go sit over there I don't even care I just need to like be a part of this and I sat there for like 45 minutes and just had such a great time these kids that had memorized this music and I was like I can't even memorize like a four piece like a four minute piece of music and these kids have memorized a crazy amount and then eventually their instructor or whatever gets up and kind of gives the spiel that it's their last song and he's like yeah they meet once a week. They practice for once an hour or one, one hour, once a week. And I was like, are you effing kidding me? I was like, I, my entire life have played like an hour a day, not my entire life, but you know, growing up, I played like at least an hour a day and I wasn't nearly that good. And I was like, these kids are in elementary school and they're doing this. And it's just, it was so awesome. And then the last song that they played was Africa by Toto. You can check it out on my Facebook because I was like, this is amazing. And I just had such a good time. I I was thankful to be wearing sunglasses because I was also tearing up again because I was just having such magical feelings floating over me. Um, so I just, yeah, I had a great time and 
Then I proceeded to walk around downtown and got my first in-person stump town, which was better than I expected. It was perfect, much better in person than from the bottle and not that it's bad from the bottle. Um, I even made a point to go to Nike because Nike, Nike was formed in Beaverton, which is just south of Portland. And when, so I went to the big Nike store and I was like, it's okay. I'm supporting local business. So I bought like some sweatpants and a sports bra because I was like, I'm supporting local business. Um, but it was just funny because I mean, and everyone in the Nike store, by the way, there was like 12 people working. Every single one of them talked to me and was so nice. And I was like, once again, I was like, what was all that about Portlanders being kind of jerky and being locals only? I was like, everyone is so nice to me. Um, but anyway, so then I keep walking around, just enjoying it. And then I walk up to Powell's City of Books, which is a big landmark, big city landmark. And never been so excited to be in a bookstore. And the fact that they like hand draw and hand write all of like their little advertisements that they put all over the store. It was like, it was being, it was like being in a book warehouse, but being in a living room at the same time. Cause there's just the sheer volume of it, but it's like quiet and cozy and so much to look at and so much to see. It was awesome. And so I ended up buying this book about, uh, it's like, it's a collection of short stories. And so I'm really excited to read it, but it has a huge octopus on the cover. And so that's why I picked it up in the first place, but it's all these short stories. And it was something about like, um, I forget exactly how it's phrased, but it's like stories about like why Portland needs to maintain its weirdness, you know? So it's like all of these crazy like fiction stories about like weird ass things happening in the city. And I was like, this is, this is a me in a book. Like I want this so bad. And then I was walking around, I picked up a mug cause I was like, oh, I want something else from Powell's and picked up a, like a, just a souvenir mug also had an octopus on it. I was like, what? These people are calling to me. Like, they get me. They understand me. So I pick up both of them. And I was like, look at me. Like, I'm in the greatest city of the world. All my little octopi. And so I walk up to the register. And the woman's like, the the woman who's helping me. And she's like, you got a thing for for octopi, don't you? And I was like, yeah, maybe. And it's it's just funny because it was like a book and a, a mug. And so... You, she wouldn't like, not necessarily that I had an obsession with octopi. It's just what was happening. And I was like, no, I love them. Like they're my spirit animal. And she's like, no, it's, she's like, I totally get it. Like I love them too. And this book that you picked up is actually, uh, one of the guys that works here wrote one of the stories. And I was like, that's perfect. Like I, I picked up the best book that I could have picked up and I'm so excited about it. So I was like, this is great. I'm ecstatic and put it all in my bag and I was like all right pals you're you're on my good list like I love this so much so then I um had to keep in my schedule because it was already getting late and so I drove around a little bit more I actually drove down to Beaverton because I just wanted to check it out like I said that's where Nike's from um it was just a city and I was like well if I if I worked at Nike like maybe it'd be cool but otherwise it's just boring and like bring me back to Portland ASAP so I'm driving back up and I'm tired because I really haven't gotten much sleep. And so I, I'm on my way back to the Airbnb and I was like, okay, I got to stop for some dinner. I'm going to pick up some dinner. And I have an obsession of trying to find like the best gluten-free pizza wherever I go. And so I got Blackbird pizza, um, which is, there's a ton of gluten-free options and also a ton of like vegan options, which whatever, but um, it was nice to know that there was like a lot of dairy-free cheese options in the future. Um, but anyway, so I roll up to this place and I walked in. The woman was so sweet to me and she's like, oh, hi, sweetie. And it's just, I can't even describe how nice these Portlanders are. Like they're so above and beyond and not in an obnoxious, like let's make small talk type of way, just like in a genuine, like I want you to have a good day and I hope things are going well for you type of way. And they're all just like, they're all beautiful. Everyone I interacted with, like the woman at Zell's was like a hippie. And then both the woman at Powell's and the woman at Blackbird Pizza were like beautiful pinups, but covered in tattoos and just so open and nice. And I was just like, oh, I love everything about this. And then that pizza is the best gluten-free pizza I've had in a long time. There's still only one thing above it and it's Otto's Pizza, which is in Boston. And I'm 
going to Boston soon. So I'm going to get myself some more Aldo's pizza, but this was such a good option. I was like, perfect. I found my gluten-free pizza for when I move here. I got my options. I'm good. So had a really good night. Um, just chilled, watched Bruins game, loved it, blah, blah, blah. So then I, um, wake up the next morning and I go to Mother's Bistro. And so Mother's was apparently a, um, one of those places where you're, where there's a lot of tourists and they're like, but like, don't let it stop you. Like it's worth it. And so I'm telling you, go to Mother's and get the stuffed frittata because it was so good. And even the coffee, like the coffee that they just serve people was the best like coffee ever. Um, in terms of like just being the one that they refill when you ask, you know, you know what kind of coffee I'm talking about. So go to Mother's, had such a great time. Uh, then I went for a hike. And so I went to, um, I went on the Mackley Trail to the Wildwood Trail up to Piddick Mansion. So I parked at Lower Mackley. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but Lower Mackley Park. Um, so I got there a little bit later. I was so excited to go. Um, at first I was like, maybe I'll only take like the three mile loop because I don't know what the terrain's going to be like. Maybe it's not going to be anything that I'm super into, but I have an option to take like up to like a six mile hike. So I was like, oh, we'll just see. So I brought everything with me. I brought my MPAC. I brought my Nomad, which has a water bladder in it. So I start walking over. I walk over the trailhead. I'm like reading the the little map at the beginning and I put my, my backpack on. And so the water bladder hose, I'm like trying to adjust it to make sure it's like sitting on me correctly. So I don't have to keep adjusting it the whole hike. And I pulled it at just the right way that I lost my grip and it comes flying back at me in the little mouthpiece part where there's a magnet because it sticks to the magnet on the, the strap on your chest. The little magnet, the mouthpiece smokes me in the mouth. And I instantly have a fat lip. I split my lip blood from this little freaking mouthpiece. And I was like, I just kicked my own ass. I haven't even started this trail yet. And I just couldn't stop laughing. I was like, perfect. Here we go. So ready for this. Um, I was like, if this is an indication of how the hike is going to go, I'm not going to make it out alive. (laughs) But I just immediately started walking and it was perfect. So like Lower Mackley Trail, so easy, so chill, very wide paths, um, nice people. I got no less than kisses from two different dogs, um, which just was a win in my book. And so I'm like walking along and just really enjoying it. Super engrossed in um, the trail in nature. And then as I go up to, as I finish like Lower Mackley Trail, that's where the turnaround point is. So I was like, oh, I could go back or I can go. And they say like, it's a harder hike up to Piddock Mansion. And I was like, I'm just going to do it. What do I have to lose? I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. The, so then I immediately, so then after the Lower Mackley Trail, it turns into Wildwood Trail. And this one section of Wildwood Trail before it gets to like the intense part is the most amazing stretch of trail I've ever been on ever. And I was so in love with it. And it was crazy because all of a sudden, so there's a ton of people on Lower Mackley Trail because it's pretty easy. Like people walk on their dogs, people just going for a morning walk, like no big deal. But then like most people turn around at where this turnaround point is. And then it's like only people that are like actually going for a hike that continue to hike up. And so at this point of the day, there just wasn't a ton of those people because I was like in between like the morning rush and the afternoon. So I'm like by myself. And as I like round this one, like really magnificent corner where you can see a lot of the forest, um, defying gravity from wicked comes on. And I just felt like I became myself. Like I woke up and I was like at this point, like running through the forest because I was so excited. I am like scream miming the words to defying gravity because I was still like, I don't know if there's people around me. I don't need to be like literally screaming the words to defying gravity, but I am in it I'm like doing my own dance numbers just like going around and like realizing it's my time to fly like I'm gonna defy gravity and I just like (laughs) I was like if there's anybody watching me they think I'm an absolute lunatic but I was like I don't even care I was like I'm having the greatest time of my life in this exact moment and I had to stop at one point and just like look around me because I was like 
I, I was like, leave me to die right here, right now. Like life is not going to get better than this. Spoiler alert, it does on this very trip, but I was just so in love with what was happening. And so keep walking, having a great time. Then I get to the more intense part, get up to Piddock Mansion. So I get up to another parking lot because there's, there's parking at Piddock Mansion, but there's also a couple of like parking stops along the way. So I'm not really paying attention. I'm just following the Wildwood Trail like I'm supposed to. And it keeps saying like, because Wildwood Trail has a couple different um, like split offs. And so I kept following the one that said like Wildwood Trail to Piddock Mansion. So I'm like, okay, cool. Following, following, following. Get up to another parking lot and I still see like the Wildwood signs. And so I start going. And then as I, as I walk, I walk across the parking lot and walk to the other side. And all of a sudden I'm going downhill. And I was like, uh, like the mansion's at the highest point. So I was like, I don't know if I should be going downhill. Like what's happening? And I was like, I'm just going to turn around because I don't know if I am in the wrong place. So I turn around, walk back through the parking lot, walk back to the other side where I just came. And there's this little like cut up and I can't see what's at the top of this little cut up, but it's like, and not as well marked path, but like clearly still a path. And I was like, okay, it m- must be up here. And it's just like this little last little piece I have to do to get up to the mansion. So I start walking up there and then it just like turns into like this, like cluster of trees. And I was like, this doesn't seem right either. And I was like, I don't know how I messed this up, like whatever. So then I walk back down and I go to look at the the other trailhead that's at this parking lot. And it doesn't say anywhere like this way to Piddock Mansion and like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't know where to go. And so I was like, I guess I should just walk back now because I don't know um, really where the mansion is. And as I do that, I like turn and realize at the other end of the parking lot is the freaking mansion. I walked past a mansion multiple times because I was so in love with the trail that I was on. I'm like, idiot, such an idiot. I was like, whatever, it's fine. I found it. So I go, I walk over, walk over to the mansion. And I was like, still laughing at myself. And then, um, so it's a mansion and I knew that the mansion is a museum and it's kind of like a Portland history museum, but I also know that there's a place to like look off and look over the city. And as I'm walking over, like, it's like moments like this that just remind me that I always call myself an extroverted extrovert, like really very extroverted. But there's moments sometimes where I'm like, all of a sudden out of nowhere, get like this fear of people because as I'm walking by, I see a ticket sign and it's like $12. And I was like, oh, is it $12 like just to go into the museum or is it $12 to even walk over there and look off to the viewpoint? And, you know, rather than just asking the woman selling tickets two feet from me, I pull up Google on my phone and I start typing in like, uh, can you like look over at Piddock Mansion without paying for it? And like all of this stuff. And I'm like trying to like, eavesdrop on her conversation with this other person. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can go over there. I don't know if I can go over there. I was like, I'm just going to walk over there and I'll just play dumb. And if they're like, where's your ticket? I'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'll go back and get one. And so I started walking over. I was like, my introvert is showing so bad right now. Like, where is this coming from? But I walk over and realize that, nope, it's just the ticket for the museum. So just walk over and look over. And so then, oh my God, it just opens up into Portland. You can see all of downtown. You can look, you can see Mount Hood. If you look off in the other direction, you can even see Mount Rainier in Washington. I was like, wow, like this is the way to see the city. Like you can see everything. And so I was like, I'm, I have never been happier that I exercised the option to take the longer loop. Um, aside from the trail itself being absolutely magnificent, like this is the best way to see Portland. Um, so I had a great, great time, great morning, left the trail, went back down. And then, um, I was like, okay, so cool. And I gotta, I gotta see Portland another way. So then I walk over to the aerial tram, um, which is this very unique little, it's public transportation. Like it's mostly connects, um, OHSU's campuses, like from the lower and upper campus, but people can go on it, pay five bucks, take a round trip and, essentially just like again see the city but if I had just been to Piddock Mansion and if I hadn't just been there like maybe this would have been cooler but I go up it and I was like oh it's Portland but like it's obscured by like taller buildings you can't really see it and I was like oh I can kind of see Mount Hood out there I can see them blah 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 blah. but I was like okay whatever it was five bucks whatever so I get up to the top and I, I had read that like you know you can go up there and you can spend as much time as you want up top and then go back down and so I was going to do that. And then I, and, cause they said like, you might want to stay at the shops and the restaurants up top. And I was like, okay, 
There's nothing up there. It's the hospital that belongs to the campus. And then I'm looking on Google Maps. I was like, there's no food up here. There's no shops. Like, who misled me to think that this was the good idea? And so at this point, I'm starving because I finished my hike. Like, my breakfast was long gone. So I was like, uh, I guess I'm going right back down. So I did. It was fine. Um, and then I started walking along the waterfront because I that's just happens to be where I was. And I was like, I need food. And I am so happy that I did. Like, this is... I had so many like little happy accents being in the right place at the right time, like the kids playing the music and stuff like that, because I wasn't really planning on eating there. I was actually like planning on maybe going to the Pearl District in the afternoon and, and eating down there. But I was down at the waterfront and I was too hungry to, to go anywhere else. And so I was, as I was walking, um, I came across the, I think, it, uh, tri- trilli- Trillicum, Tricum, Tricum Crossing, tri- tri- something with a T and there's a K in there some kind of crossing bridge. So it's like close to vehicular traffic. That is another um, cable suspended bridge, which, so it looks exactly like the Zakem bridge in Boston, which everyone knows is my favorite bridge. Like I love bridges and like that one's my favorite. And it looks like a little mini Zakem bridge. And I like started crying again. I was like, this is like such a sign from the universe. Like it's okay. Like you get, you can be here because there's a mini Zakem bridge. You're fine. I'm so happy. And then I turned around Ran into a delicatessen out of nowhere, the Flying Elephant Delicatessen, which apparently is like another big, uh, big Portland, like, uh, eatery that everyone loves. And I was like, okay, walked right in and got myself a cheeseburger with a gluten-free bun, which is also another thing that's like, I didn't even really have to worry about finding like the gluten-free restaurants. Like they were just there everywhere. So got my lunch there, had a good time. Um, and then I was like, I'm having such a good day. I'm so close right now to Washington, to Vancouver, Washington. I was like, I'm going to drive up there. I'm going to do it. So get in the car, drive up to Vancouver. Um, There's nothing going on in Vancouver, Washington, or at least there wasn't when I was up there. So I was like, yeah, this is boring. And I was like, but it's fine. You know what? I'm going to go to the waterfront and I'm going to look off, look off into the distance into my new favorite city, Portland, Oregon. And then I took a nap in the grass and it was just like, it's fine. I'm taking a little nap in Washington, looking at Oregon, just having a moment and it was all good. Um, and then I just went home and then I stopped at Whole Foods for some dinner. Yes, that was my preference is that I wanted to go to Whole Foods for dinner and went back and passed out because I was exhausted at this point. Um, and then the final day, um, this is turning into another long podcast and I don't really care because I'm obsessed with Portland. So if you're like, uh, we're, we're encroaching 40 minutes again, bitch. Like, yeah, I know, but I have a lot to say because I love this city. So the le- next day I go to Voodoo Donuts, which I've been trying to, like, I've been thinking about going to Voodoo Donuts for years. And I actually posted on my Instagram kind of the whole story of this and like why I wanted to go so much and why I was okay with eating two very gluten filled donuts that morning. Um, and why I was just going to get over it and everything was going to be fine. But I just felt so connected to that city and the people that had been to Voodoo Donuts at that moment. Um, But like I said, that's all on my Instagram. So I'm going to skip that story. Um, But then I just like started driving around and and went to all these different neighborhoods, tried to go onto all the bridges. I didn't know that Portland was also called Bridgetown. Like that was another nickname because there's 8,000 bridges there. And I already mentioned I'm obsessed with bridges. So I was like, I can go on. And they're all different kinds of bridges. It's not like none of them look the same. They're all like within five feet of each other, but they're like different and unique and beautiful. And I was like, oh my God, another reason to be freaking obsessed. And so I drove around. I eventually drove to um, Mount Tabor Park, which is a city park that was built on a dormant volcano. And so I drive over there. I'm in the neighborhood these very nice houses drive up and then it's like, Oh, close to vehicular traffic on Wednesdays, which is the day that I was there. And I was like, Hmm, huh. mm, Okay, cool. And I was like, I don't really, I just like looked up that I wanted to go. I was like, I don't really know where to go to see the cylinder cone or whatever it's called. The, the part of like the volcano that you can see. And I was like, I'm going to park over here and like go for a little walk. I found it. There's a pretty big park and it's very hilly. And I found exactly where I wanted to go. So I was like, Oh, look at me hitting up a volcano. Love it. So then I only spent like 10 or 15 minutes just kind of chilled there. Then I left because there's more dormant volcanoes at Powell Butte, which is a nature, call it a park or a preserve or a conservation or something. I don't know. Um, so I drive over there cause I'm on my way at this point to Mount Hood. And so I'm driving, um, 
East, go through Gresham, and then get to Powell Butte. I only walk around for a couple minutes because I couldn't go for a full hike because I would just start sweating and I don't have any place to take a shower and I have to be on a flight all night and all of this stuff. But I was just loving that too. And I was like, dude, all of these places are like within a 20 minute drive of downtown Portland. How amazing that you can get to the greenest green places I've ever seen so fast. Um, so I'm just continuing to fall in love with everything that I do. And at this point I'm like, okay, now it's on my way to Mount Hood. And so this is where like literally I've never had my breath like absolutely taken away like I did right here. So I'm still driving east and I'm driving through Mount Hood National Forest and I'm trying to get to Trillium Lake, which is a lake um, that's not as popular as Mirror Lake supposedly, but it's still a lake where you're supposed to on a clear day see the reflection of Mount Hood in the lake. And um I, this all just worked out where this was the only not clear day that I was in Portland. Um, but I was like, whatever, I'm still going to make the drive anyways. If I can't see Mount Hood, if it's covered in fog, it is what it is. And I don't really care. So as I'm driving, I can see Mount Hood and I can see that it's like half covered in fog, but I was like, half, I can see half of it. Half is better than none of it. So I'm still driving. So driving through Mount Hood forest and it's beautiful. Like, you know, green 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 huge trees just surrounding you you just like feel like you're insignificant in like such a good way just being surrounded by all these massive trees and all this greenery and so I'm like driving around I'm like driving through these corners and I get to this corner where it opens up and it's just like you just see so much of the forest and like I I'm dropping f-bombs at this point because I'm just like so overwhelmed with how pretty it is in this exact moment I was like you know where I said I was going to die on Wildwood Trail like a day before and I would be happy? It was like, no, like bury me right here. I was like, I'm driving off. I'm driving off the side of the cliff right now because there's not a single better place than right here right now. And then I, so it's a curvy road because we're in a forest, right? And then I turn the corner and then the next corner, it's the same goddamn like free, beautiful, open tree greenery to my right and then on my left all of a sudden mount hood is right there it like so it literally was huge close enough like where it looks like you could spit on it and i was like i literally lose my shit in that moment i'm like hyperventilating i can't breathe i can't even say anything i start crying again because it's so pretty and i i'm like nope this no i was like anything i've ever seen in my entire life this is it's all led to this moment and nothing is as beautiful as what I am seeing right now I was like I loved when I went to Glasgow when I went to this and I ended up going to the Scottish Highlands when I went to Iroquois Castle I was like I can see I could see Loch Ness I was like this is the most beautiful thing and then I went to the Rocky Mountain National Park and drove through the whole thing and even when I thought I was literally going to die falling off because it's the narrowest roads ever and got out and looked at the beautiful mountains and a beautiful day I was like, this is the most beautiful place ever. No, none of that. The most beautiful place ever was exactly where I was at that exact moment. Seeing this beautiful open forest and seeing Mount Hood, I, I can't, I, I will spend every single day thinking about that exact moment until I get to get there again, because it was just everything that I could ever hope for and then more. So after I got over myself, And after I finished looking at um, just this beautiful thing, I ended up getting to Trillium Lake. Um, And so there's a small hike, hike, it's just a walk around the lake. It's like a two mile loop. So I get out of the car and I was like, I'm just going to go for a walk. Um, And so I get out and I can see Mount Hood. I can't see the reflection because it's foggy, but I was like, oh, this is so nice. There's people camping. It's chill. It's relaxing. And I start going around the loop and then I get to this point where it's like, hey, guess what? It's closed right here. And I was like, "Mm, didn't know that. So I couldn't finish the loop. And I was like, well, I have no choice but to go back now. So I start going back and I stop at this like little mini like fire pit with these little seats. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cute. I'm going to walk over there. And in the ground is a quote that is exactly the right quote I needed in my life. And... Uh, it's all I can, I just, I don't know. It's, it's exactly what I needed to read or hear or whatever. Like it, it's the perfect quote for me for where I am in my life right now. So I'm going to read it again because it's worth it. Um, so it's by 
a very German sounding guy, Johannes von Weber. But the quote is, sometimes our fate resembles a fruit tree in winter. Who would think that those branches would turn green again and blossom? But we hope it, we know it. And I cried again. Um, I just couldn't, I was like, this is exactly what I needed to read because I feel like this is like my rebirth. Like this is what I've been looking for. Um, I'm going to skip this for just a second because I I am going to talk about this in like my life lesson section, but reading that quote was just perfect. Um, So I finished up at Trillium Lake, get back to my car, and then I drive north to go to Hood River. Um, So Hood River is another little city, uh, town, township, uh, village, I don't know what you want to call it, um, that is uh, as far north as you can get without being in the Columbia River. So drove around for a little bit. It's a cute little town. There's people windsurfing um, in the river, which is so cool. And I was like, oh, like, love it. Just a lovely little town. And so then at this point, it's like, I got to get back. I got to get to the airport. So my drive at this point is just to drive along Interstate 84, which will bring me right back to Portland. And so as I'm driving along, I am driving right along the Columbia River. And I'm like, this is one of the greatest places in the world. I was like, guess what? It's just me. I still got some time. Like I should be heading back, but I've still got time before like my actual flight takes off. So I want to stop a lot. And so I did. Every time I saw a brown sign that said point of interest, I didn't know what it was, but I just freaking pulled over and I got off and I just drove around to whatever it was. I saw some more bridges. I saw the dam. I think that was closed and I accidentally went into a place I was supposed to go, but whatever. And then, um... So I just kept driving, kept pulling off, pulling off, pulling off, realizing really fast that like the things that said parks were close at this point. So I should stop wasting my time going to anything that says park because it's like seven or eight o'clock at night and those are closed. So, but anyway, so I just kept driving along, pulled off wherever I could, took pictures. And I was just like, this is so cool. Like you don't get to do this if you're not solo traveling because people are going to get annoyed with like the literal whiplash that you're giving them when you keep just deciding last minute to pull off. Um, but I was having such a good time doing it and I was like, perfect. This is just like such a great ending. Um, and then the last thing that I wanted to do on my way back was I wanted to see the white stag sign when it was lit up. So I had it in my GPS and I knew it was like just driving along 84, but I was like, once I get back into town, I need to go across the Burnside bridge because that is the best place to see it because it's so high up. You can't see it when you're on the ground. So I was like, I need to be on the bridge. And I was like, Burnside bridge is the closest one. Perfect. 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 Blah, blah. And I don't know what happened because I didn't take a wrong turn. It never said uh, rerouting at any point. But before I knew it, I was on a different bridge. And I forget which bridge I ended up going on. But I was not on the Burnside Bridge. So I missed the sign. And so I ended up pulling like close to it and parked on the street and like went over to see if I could see it. And I have a picture looking straight up at the sign. And I was like, you could kind of see that it says Portland, Oregon. You could kind of tell there's a sign up there, but it kind of just looks like I took a really shitty picture of this building. But I was like, "Eh, whatever, you know what? I tried. And then I was like, I could go and I can loop around again and try to get right back on Burnside. But I have literally enough gas to get me to the airport and I don't want to stop and fill up or add any more gas because I already paid for the tank. And I was like, this is a sign. Just go to the airport. Everything will be fine. Um, So I get to the airport, drop off my rental car, get in. And then then I'm told that. So all day long, so I flew Frontier all day long. I'm getting these emails from Frontier. That's like be three hours early for your flight. You have to be three hours early for your flight. And I was like, that's weird. That's a lot, but okay. Um, I got there like four or five hours early because I was doing work. So I'm sitting out there and at this point, so I can't go, I have to drop my bag so I can't go in through security. So I'm sitting on this bench and I'm trying to do work. And then I'm just like finishing up my work and just annoyed because, um, I skipped part of the story. Sorry. So I tried to get to the frontier desk and the frontier desk is closed for bag drop. And it says on the screen, like, Bag drop opens two hours before the flight. And I was like, you've been emailing me all day telling me three hours before, but I cannot drop my bag until two hours before. And so I like look online and I was like, is there another Frontier flight flying out? And I was like, nope, the next one is the 1 a.m. flight that I'm on. So I'm like, it doesn't open till 11. Okay, so what am I going to do? So I did work, hung out for a little bit. I was like watching people play video games online. And then I was like, I'm going to go to the bar and drink and watch people play video games. So I went 
talked to Kathleen and was up homegirl at the beaches, uh, airport bar. She was pouring me very heavy handed glasses of Riesling. I ate some nachos. I watched some very interesting Twitch streams, basically started falling asleep, but I was having a good time. And I was like, all right, it's 11 o'clock. I got to go drop my bag because I'm going to pass out. So I go, go to Frontier, drop my bag, go through security. Then go to the gate. There's a ton of people at the gate. So by the time I get there, um, and then it was like next to the one only, the only other gate that was like open at this point at night because there was one other flight flying out. So there's a ton of people there. So there's no seats. So I start trying to find the most interesting way to like fall asleep on the ground. And then I'm just nervous about falling asleep and missing the boarding call. So I keep setting myself these mini alarms to wake up like every four minutes. So that way I can, you know, get up and, and be ready to go. And then right when we're, as like we're about to start boarding, they're like, yeah, we're delayed for various reason. Who cares? Whatever. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm literally going to pass out because at this point I had tried to stay awake very like stay awake a lot the night before and then and then um sleep in the next morning but I only I still woke up at seven o'clock so 7 a.m and at this point it's now 11 30 midnight ish and we're supposed to be boarding soon and they're like yeah we're delayed and so I'm like I'm dying so I <laughs> just start pacing because it's the only thing that I can do at this point I'm like blasting music in my headphones and just walking over and over and over again on the revolving sidewalks, just like constantly in this huge ass loop, walking, walking, walking. And, and then it's at this point that I just noticed to the left of me, this very, very attractive, very introspective man, I can tell because he's reading a novel and nobody reads at the airport when it's already like one o'clock in the morning and we're delayed. Like nobody has that sense of inner peace and calm except for this guy who might I add is covered in tattoos and I'm just like losing my shit. I'm so delirious that it, he probably wasn't even there, honestly, but I like couldn't help it. So then I was like, so then I'm, I'm pacing back and forth in front of him, like a notice me senpai type of moment. I'm like, if I just keep walking, he'll eventually be like, Hey, I've noticed you pacing. You're freaking me out. Can you please sit down and like, let's have a conversation. Right. This is all going through my head at now 1:30, And I'm like, he'll notice me. And like, we'll have this beautiful moment and we are going to fall in love. And he's going to be like, Hey, I, I'm just like going on a quick trip, but I live in Portland. Are, do you want to move out here? I, I actually have a spare bedroom. Would you want to move in with me? I, this is all going through my head. I'm telling you. And I, I just, it was a beautiful plan. I was like, all I got to do is keep pacing and not fall asleep fat, flat on my face. And my whole life will be figured out at this airport at this moment. Uh, so none of that happened. Um, but I'll tell you what did happen is another guy that was getting on my flight I think was having the same like, holy shit, I'm going to pass out type of feeling I was. So he starts pacing too. And so we're on like this opposite schedule of like where we are in the revolving sidewalks. And so we just keep passing each other. And every time I pass him, I notice another thing about him. So the first time I pass him, I notice like, uh, I notice he's there. Second time I pass him, I was like, oh, he's on our flight because at this point it's the only one that's left. And then as I pass him again, I was like, he's wearing the same pants I am. Pass him again. I was like, his glasses are the same size as me. Pass him again. I was like, he's also wearing a Patagonia hat. <laughs> so it's like, this is a weird time warp. Like I, I'm looking at myself essentially just on the other side of this revolving sidewalk. And, and he's my long lost twin. And then I'm like, am I adopted? And he's my other. Ha- I- <laughs> it's two o'clock in the morning. So, and I'm like a little bit tipsy because I had those glasses of wine I'm so exhausted. So I'm just like having some serious moments, but it all comes to an end when we finally get on the plane. I don't know what time it was. I don't know what time we took it off because the second I sat down, I passed out and I only got to end up sleeping. turns out for like half an hour because it was like a two hour flight from Portland to Denver. And when I woke up at 3.30, I was like, oh, so we must be getting off soon. We didn't. We didn't get off for another hour and a half. So I was like, I took a half an hour nap and then I was awake and I was very, very wide awake until I finally got on the flight to, um, from Denver to Albany. And when we started and when we took off, so we took off about 630. So for those keeping track at home, that is nearly 24 hours wide awake with a tiny little half an hour, uh, cat nap in the, in the middle. So <laughs> adventures and traveling, am I right? But Uh, I really just had the most amazing time ever and I can't put into words, um, how much I'm obsessed with Portland 
and how I, all the things that I thought I knew and loved about Portland was, were right. And then all the things that I thought were bad about Portland that I had heard were absolutely wrong. And, you know, I, people were telling me that like, yeah, everyone's locals only mentality. I've already talked about like, that's not true. That people always talk about the rain, the rain, the rain, the rain. And I was like, well, no shit. You don't get anything as green and as beautiful as Portland without a lot of rain. And so the first two days that I was there, it was sunny and gorgeous, like not a cloud in the sky. But the third day that I was there, it was much more Portland weather and it rained in spurts and I could handle it. I was like, who cares? Let it rain. I'm, I don't care. Cause even one good day, if I could have one good day, I will let it rain the other 364 days a year. Um, and I was just like, I was just having these feelings that I haven't had in a long time. Um, you know, growing up, I think I always knew that like Western Massachusetts was not for me and there's nothing wrong with it now. And I'm a much better, I feel much better about it now as a person than I ever did. And, but it's still like, it's not my forever. And I just can't ever imagine settling down and buying a house here and living my life, living it out here. Um, so when I was going to school, it was like instantaneous that I wanted to go to Boston and I had been to Boston a ton of times. Like we used to visit Boston at least once a year. And then, so like going to school there, like it all just made sense. I loved Boston and it served me really, really well for nearly a decade. And it was right. And it felt like home for so long, but towards the tail end of me being there, like I felt myself evolving as a person and I realized that it was no longer serving me in the ways that I wanted it to. And so as much as things were going on career wise and I needed to make a change, Things are also going on just like personality wise. And I was like, I love Boston, but it's no longer feeling like home. It's just feeling like the place that I live. And I was like, there's just, my heart is somewhere else. And I was like, I don't really know where it is. And for a long time, I thought it was in California. And so I, I had flown out to California, um, like about two years ago now with my family, because I was like, I don't know, something's calling me about California. So I've gone to Sacramento. I'd gone to San Jose. I'd gone to San Diego and all of them were amazing places. And I was like, yeah, I want to, I could move to any of those places and be totally happy. And then, um, I thought I was going to for a while and then I didn't. And then as much as it was devastating at first, I started to realize that like, it wasn't really like something wasn't sticking and I like wanted to go, but I was like, I feel like I more want to go because I want to escape the situation I'm currently in. Then I want to go because I'm genuinely in love with any of those cities that I just mentioned. And I actually just went out to California again and was looking at new areas and looking at um, specifically uh, the, I don't know, they call it the left and the right bay or they call it, I don't know which, how they classify it, but I had been on like the right side of the bay because I went to Sacramento and San Jose. So this is my first time on like the left side of the bay. Um, So I was like in Redwood City, went to Palo Alto, went to San Francisco And I was like, I don't know. I just don't, I think it's a very nice place. And I was like, I'd love to visit. And like maybe a long, like long time down in my life, like maybe I would live here. And I even like drove down to Santa Cruz and I was like, oh man, like Santa Cruz is amazing. But I was like, it's still kind of like missing something. Um, But I was like, I would totally vacation in Santa Cruz. Like it's my new, like want to be vacation spot. So it's like all of this stuff, I was like me putting it together of like, none of these things are really fitting. And I was like, I don't know where to go from here. And so I went to Portland at the exact right time because I was like finally realizing that I loved California so much because it was different than where I was, but it wasn't home. And Portland is the first place that has felt like home since Boston, however many years ago that was. And it feels like that because it's not like there's the dream job waiting for me there or a dream school waiting for me there. I don't know a single soul there. I've only been there for three days, four or five, whatever days, and it feels right. And I walked in there and I walked in there with a little bit of hesitation because like, there's always like, people are talking about like, Portland's weird, it's full of weird people. And I was panicking because like, I forgot my fanny pack and I didn't bring any flannel with me. And I was like, how am I going to send this beacon or this signal out to these people that I'm weird too? Like, accept me. I was like, I'm dressed in athleisure and I'm like rocking hats. And I was like, looking very sporty and athletic. And I was like, I want people to know that I'm artsy too. Like, what if they don't accept me? And I was like, they did. And I was like, if they can accept me at like my quote unquote normal side, like they'll accept my weird side because 
it'll all be fine. And it was just checking so many boxes, like being able to get to green spaces so fast and being not a million dollars to live in and being artsy and then being sporty. And then all those fucking bridges that I didn't know existed, like all of them. And then I drove around in every single neighborhood. And I I said this to my mom, I was like, there's not a single place that I drove through that I was like, oh, I don't know if I would want to live here. Like there's certainly more that I like more than others. But even if I drove around Boston, I was like, "Ah, I don't want to live there, live there, blah, blah. But every single place in Portland, I was like, I could take any house and be more than obsessed. And it feels so right to me now because when I left, like, don't get me wrong, I'm really sad and I'll think about Portland, I think every single day, but I don't feel like, it, it no longer feels like a rush. Like, I don't feel like I have to get out there tomorrow. It's like, I, I know, like in my soul that like, that's where I meant to be. And so let me figure out a couple other pieces of like my life first and put that all together. And then, you know, after I'm here and have a great next couple of months, watch my brother get married after all that's done then I can just go and it, and it'll be the right time. And it won't feel like I'm running away from anything and it won't feel like uh, it's a necessity. It just feel, it'll feel right. Like it'll be the right thing for me to do. And I just like, didn't know, I didn't know that, that that was the feeling that I was looking for. Like I knew I wanted to relocate, but I was having a hard time picking where. And I was like, I love Colorado. But then I was like, when I went to Denver last year, I was like, no, I love the mountains of Colorado. And then it was like, But if I was in the mountain, like if I, first of all, could afford to like live in the mountains, then I would be missing the city life. And I was like, oh, I don't know, but I don't really like Denver as like a city. And, you know, even like back in the day when I like had gone to Minnesota, I was like, oh, I could live in Minnesota. Or I was like on a Vermont kick for a while because I do love Vermont. And I was like, oh, I can just move up there. Like it's perfect. And, And all of those places are really great. And there's a lot to them. But I was like, clearly looking for something else and I just didn't know what it was or what it was going to feel like but like this is what it feels like and this is what it's like to fall so in love with something and just know that it's going to happen and that there's no rush and it's not I don't like literally have to sign a lease right now and move tomorrow or I'm gonna lose that feeling which I think is like I think is what I was worried about was like I was in such a rush to like move to California because I was like I just have to do it while I'm caught up in these feelings because once these feelings are gone, then I'm going to start feeling like second guessing myself. Like, do I want to be out here and all this stuff? But it's like, not like that anymore. It's just, yeah, I'm going to be there. And it's like, okay, I'll just, I will very happily enjoy my last few months in Massachusetts. And when I go to Oregon, it'll be time and it'll be perfect. And I think that I also needed like that solo adventuring. Like I just needed to be it just needed to be, uh, there. And I just needed, um, I needed it to be doing it myself. Um, because it, it just, I, I, I always think, I, I mean, I know that I get energy from other people. And so being on my own, like really does scare me in a way, just because it's not that I'm not independent or self-sufficient, but in terms of like, energy levels and being extroverted it scares me to be alone and even when I was just in California a couple weeks ago I was like feeling very off and like not great um but being in Portland and being by myself and just interacting with a few people that I did but being in nature and being in that city I was realizing that I can get all those energies from a place that like feels right and like being out on those trails and and being in Washington Park, like all of that was giving me the energy that I needed. So it's like, it doesn't even matter that I'm alone. It doesn't matter that when I move out here at first, I'm not going to know anybody. Um, And I was like, and it also was like scaring me because it's like, when I move out here, I might just be working remotely. And, and so I'm not gonna be able to go to an office every day and meet somebody and shake someone's hand and like hang out with my coworkers. Like I literally might be very much on my own and it's okay like I feel fine in this position and I feel like it's just all a-okay and I don't know I I know this is a really long episode and now I'm like kind of thinking maybe I should split it into two but I'm not (laughs) so if you if it's long for you and you made it this far like that's really cool and I'm really happy that you did and and I hope that maybe something's kind of like sparking a little bit for you. And maybe you you can realize that even at 
me at 27 years old, like still not having a lot of stuff figured out about life. Um, that's something like this, like just being open to it and continually searching. I've found it now and I finally did it. And it was so worth it. It was worth 27 years of wanting to go there. I mean, obviously not exactly 27 years, but at least like the past 10 to 15 years of feeling like the hipster lumberjack in me, coffee lover, micro brew, um, outdoorsy, but city, sporty musician nerd. As it's just all, all was like building up until this point and, and, all sides of me will be accepted in Portland and all sides of me will just flourish in Portland. So I'm I like, I really feel good. I have not felt good coming home from a vacation like that in a long time because I've just like been so sad about leaving. And I was because like I mentioned, it was just the most beautiful place ever. And I'm really excited for the next time that I go back. But now, now it feels like, okay, here's my like my last two months to just really enjoy my time in Massachusetts, be with the people that I want to be with, have a really good time because I am moving, like period. It's just happening and, and, and whenever it happens, it's fine and I'll go when I'm meant to go, but it, it's like giving me the permission now to enjoy my time here and to be more present for once because I don't have to worry about the future because I have the plan. It don't, I don't have the details, but I have the plan. And so forget about future chasing and dream wandering and just like anxiety about what's going to happen and where I'm going to be. I haven't figured it out. So like now's the time to just be present and be happy and enjoy everything. So I'm in such a goddamn good mood. And I think I will be for uh, the rest of the future. Cause like I have such good things planned coming up and when all those good things are gone, then it's time to move. And I'll be so excited when I do move. So I don't know, man. I'm just in a good, good mood and I can't wait to go back and go back and eventually get an Oregon driver's license. So screw the one that now, the Massachusetts license that now exists in that Ford Fiesta in Hertz's rental fleet. And I can't wait to go back and actually see Mount Hood reflected in Trillium Lake or Mirror Lake or wherever I go. I can't wait to go back and drive on Burnside Bridge at the exact right time of night so I can see the Portland sign lit up. And then I can't wait to go and experience all of the things that I didn't get a chance to do. So um, I don't know how quite to end this one because I just feel very giddy <laughs> and I feel very hopeful and very thankful and very excited about everything to come. And so um, I'm going to wrap this one up and it'll be out on Tuesday and Tuesday I will knock on wood be in Boston awaiting awaiting a game seven of the Bruins so I might just spend the next few days um in a very in a very extreme mood whether that's very extreme excitement because of how the playoffs are going or very extreme sadness I don't know but for right now I'm feeling good I'm gonna be in Boston this releases and so maybe I'll forget to promote it again who knows but um here's my first little dealer's choice episode talking about tales from the road in Portland and um, hopefully the next one will kind of be more, more health and wellnessy. I don't really know. We'll see, but either way, I promise there will be another new episode next Tuesday. So I'll see you guys then have a fantastic week and go Bruins and go Oregon. Everything about Oregon, go roses, go beavers, go ducks, go timbers, go trailblazers, go weird people go powell's books go bikers go nike go gresham go mount hood go go columbia river go